Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's to the 45. He's oh, to the 50. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again to throw it. Steps up in the pocket. Throws it the run. Alright guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kami Amrabian, and I'm going solo today. You know, it's a great Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day in general. And of course, if you have no idea what Memorial Day is, uh, people get it confused with Veterans Day quite a bit. Uh, Memorial Day is to celebrate and commemorate all those folks that had given their lives out of the name of the United States in the military. So I know that everybody has been grilling and cooking out this past weekend. Of course, maybe not today, especially if you're in the metro listening to this because it is rainy as hell. But nonetheless, there's a little bit to talk about today. I mean, of course, sorry, I've been, you know, there wasn't a podcast last week. I'm getting married this Friday, so there's a lot of work that I have to do. And for those folks that are married, you pretty much know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, It's good times. Then, of course, the day after I get married, we're flying out, and so... I'll have to figure out how to get you guys some more content when that happens. Or maybe, you know, I'll enjoy that time off. Who knows? Maybe Jack and uh, Steven can take it for a day. Or maybe Alan Kenny can do it because Alan is awesome as well. But anyways, today we're going to talk about Sooners. You know, it, there's there's an article that came out about 247 about what teams and what schools got the best transfers in this massive transfer portal release, you know, going from the end of the football season to where Oklahoma lost several, but they're also getting several in, and they ranked the top 100 transfers. And then we'll talk a little bit about the softball team and something that you may not be, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it in a second. And then, of course, Big 12 Media Days, I'm asking you guys questions about what you want to hear me ask random coaches and players at Big 12 Media Days. So I guess we can get started. So the Sooners are losing, and according to this, according to this list, the Sooners are losing one, two, three, four, five top 100 guys to the transfer portal. They've got number 22 in Tanner Mordecai. Of course, Tanner Mordecai is going to SMU. And something that I think is underrated is Chandler Morris also exiting and transferring over to TCU. So both quarterbacks going down south to Texas. Of course, Tanner Mordecai's father kind of broke the news a little bit when he tweeted out the Southern Methodist, you know, pony uh, logo emblem 
symbol, whatever you want to say, uh, before Tanner Mordecai officially said so. And of course, Chandler Morris leaving is significant because you would only have Spencer Rattler, you'd only have Caleb Williams, and then Tanner Schaefer. So there's, of course, more to come on the what the Sooners got to snag. You've got number 23 in Charleston Rambo going to Miami, who I think they believe he's going to have a big year. I think they want to believe that he's going to have a big year, and, ho- and I hope he does. You know, I hope he has a great year as a Miami Hurricane, but man, if they're expecting him to be anything more than just a guy with straight line speed, then I think they are in for a rude awakening. I mean, like, you can only coach so much of hips. You can only coach so much of change of direction. But sometimes people are just physically limited. Like, remember Alex Ross? That dude was an incredible athlete. That dude was incredible. Track speed. He was incredible at Jenks, and he was an immaculate athlete with incredible uh, just straight line speed. And that's one of the reasons why he was a big deal in the return game. Remember, he led the nation, I believe, in in the return game when uh, they were heading towards the cultural playoff for the first time. So when I think of Charleston Rambo, I think of a guy that, you know, he doesn't have a lot of mobility left and right to his sides, but he can beat you uh, front to back. And so I hope he has a great season. We'll see. And number 35, uh, the Sooners are losing, Grant Calcaterra. Remember him, uh, that, that kind of old name. Of course, he had the concussion stuff at OU, uh, couldn't get his head right, couldn't get his mind right. He was going to be a firefighter, and then he decided to try football one last time. I don't know if it's to go to the NFL. I don't think it would be to go to the NFL. I just think he wants to you know, play again the, the last year. You kind of get that itch. It never li- leaves you. And um, I hope he does really well. Uh, good luck to him. Of course, number 54, you've got Brendan Radley-Hiles going to... University of Washington, and there are some feelings there, right? I mean, a guy on Twitter, uh, of course, the guy the guy that got super upset, spaghetti about the Huskies getting run-ruled by the Sooners in softball, he would tell you that Brendan Riley-Hiles came to Washington because he wanted a better place to play because and he was and he was also the Sooners best defensive back. That's what some Washington fans will tell you, which is just mind-boggling to me. But Brendan Radley Hiles losing playing time over the course of the year. I mean, he played a lot less. He was on the field a lot less since that Kansas game in comparison to game 1. Some people will say it's because the matchups, but the matchups from Kansas on were not the same. Uh, <laughs> it just just was not at all, especially the Florida game. So, uh, Brendan Riley House at number 54, going to Washington. Of course, number 60, a name that I had forgotten, you know, I guess out of sight, out of mind, Jalen Conyers. I was excited for him as a tight end slash wide receiver out of, uh, out of Arizona, I believe. He is going to Arizona State, and I think he could have been really, really nice and a Lincoln Riley offense, especially with the retiring retirement of Grant Calcaterra and then the subsequent unretirement of Grant Calcaterra. The Sooners get, you know, Austin Stogner, Braden Willis is okay. He's not he's not a finesse guy that's going to catch the ball. Um, but, you know, Jalen Conyers, I thought at the time, would be a bigger loss. And so we'll see, and I, and I hope he does well at Arizona State. But who knows? Who knows? But with all that said, it's important to acknowledge that, what, one, two, three, four, five of these six guys are offensive players, two of them being quarterbacks, 
two of them being wide receivers and one of them being a tight end, but I'm not really counting, counting Greg Halcatera just because he was an injury guy and not necessarily a guy that was just getting out to get more playing time. And of course, one is Ben Radley Isles. So that'll tell you a couple things, right? It should tell you that there's a lot of competition at the University of Oklahoma on the offensive side of the ball. At the same time, it should tell you about Brendan Routley Hiles, what kind of defense Oklahoma is forming under Alex Grinch. Larger, longer, bigger, lankier defensive backs. That's the opposite of what Brendan Routley Hiles is, but good luck at Washington. Now, going to the flip side. The Sooners do really, really well over here in the transfer portal. I mean, 247 has Eric Gray as the number two transfer right below Henry To'o, I believe, from Tennessee as well, going to Alabama. Yeah, uh, Eric Gray, running back, he's going to end up starting for the Sooners, I believe, the first game out. Uh, he, he is physically in shape. Kennedy Brooks, he took the year off, of course, for COVID concerns. And, you know, he's healthy. Kennedy Brooks is healthy. He's got a couple of nicks here and there just because of training. But um, he's not in game shape. He's not at peak physical shape that you need to play in football. You know, a game that is incredibly physical. And he's going to be a playmaker on offense. He can do it all. Uh, He's a guy that you want to see in Lincoln Riley's offense just have so many tools. He's going to catch the ball. He has great, great, great catch radius. He's got a great eye for the ball. He makes defenders miss in space. And, I mean, if you're, I mean, I can't remember the last running back that was able to really make defenders miss in space. You might say Rodney Anderson, but he's kind of a one-cut-and-go guy. He was kind of a guy that would, you know, bear the shoulder down and try to load up and try to destroy his opponents. He was not a guy that was going to try to make you miss in space. I guess you could say the last guy that would try to make you miss in space would be Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon was so strapped for different, I guess, features, uh, different skills. Joe Mixon was big enough to where he could run you over, but he was also fast enough and quick enough and quick twitch enough to run around you. Whereas Eric Gray, he might try to run you over, but he that's not a specialty. He's going to try to run around you. He's going to try to get you in open space. He's going to try to quick twitch fiber you, kind of get you going one way, lean in one way, and go the other. He's going to be a great compliment to Kennedy Brooks. I'm very excited for him. And so the Sooners snag number two, Eric Gray. But also number seven from Tennessee, Wanye Morris. Much needed help on the offensive line while breaking in a new center in Andrew Rame. Again, Wanye Morris is a former SEC All-American. He's going to take the load off of somebody uh, on the edges. It's going to make this offense run a little bit better. Just the, the issue here, and it's no issue with Wanya Morris. It's just an issue with the offensive line. The issue here is getting guys gelled. Getting that offensive line where they should be at the time they play Texas. Okay, Once this offensive line comes together like they did last season, there's not a lot stopping them with a Bill Beat and Bow and then the quality of guys that they brought in. Now, number 20, another Tennessee guy, Key Lawrence. Highly recruited out of high school. Can play a ton of positions at OU uh, just because of how big, how athletic he is. I could see a guy that's going to be playing nickel. I could see a guy that could supplant maybe a Patrick Fields. I could see a guy that's playing everywhere on defense, just wherever uh, they need him most. He's going to be a guy, I believe, that you cannot keep off the field. And so, good for Oklahoma on getting these three Tennessee guys really cashing out, three top 20 guys, two top 10 guys, according to 247 Sports. Good on them. Of course, Oklahoma reaches back into the SEC to get another transfer, and Mike Woods, wide receiver from Arkansas, 
The Sooners, this is this is my comp. Mike Woods is what Sooner fans and Sooner coaches wanted Charleston Rambo, Rambo, ah, Charleston Rambo to be. He is a straight vertical threat, but he does have much better hips. His change of direction is better than that of Rambo. I believe he's going to be a bigger threat in Lincoln Riley's offense, along with Amario Edwards, right? Along with uh, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Wees, and other guys, Marvin Mims. He's going to be a big threat down there, and he's going to be another guy on the outside that can really play to the boundary. And you're going to love that. Underrated, though. Underrated. I say this because, you know, we like to acknowledge that Chandler Morris, and Tanner, Tanner Mordecai left, but not Chandler Morris, you need three legit quarterbacks. You can't just have Spencer Rattler, true freshman Caleb Williams, and then Tanner Schaefer. So the addition of Micah Bowens, quarterback from Penn State, is really, really important. He's a dual-threat athlete, pedigree from Bishop Gorman, big time for depths. It seems like, and I've said this in a podcast with Steven and with Jack, it seems like a business decision where it would be good for him to learn from Lincoln Riley. It would be good for Lincoln Riley to have a legit third QB or second QB, whatever you want to say. And it's good for all parties. And then Bowens might exit the Sooners. Uh, he might exit Norman over next year or the year and a half. You know, stuff like that. But it's important. That's really, really important. But anyways, we're going to go for a break for our sponsors. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about Patty Gasso, a little bit about Washington, and a little bit about Big 12 Media Days coming up because it seems like it's actually going to be super not super normal, but a lot more normal than last year. Heck, we didn't get it last year. And so uh, we'll take you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Okay, so it seems like every time I podcast, the larger Patty Gasso statue needs to be at Marita Hines Field in Norman. They, of course, they played uh, Washington State, uh, Wichita State. They they get a twenty four to seven blowout, and now the most recent run ruling of the Washington Huskies in the Super Regional. And I was curious because, and it's especially especially with the blowouts, right? Especially with a twenty four to seven match or when OK when OU is just you know dropping bombs as far as you know hitting it out of the park for grand slams. I asked Twitter and I said, Hey I said coach Twitter anyways, I said, Hey, you're in that huddle. You're getting your ass handed to you, like badly, like embarrassing badly on national TV. By the way, the Huskies got run rolled on national TV, which is just sweetness. But anyways, I asked Coach Twitter, I said, hey, what are those What are those huddles like when your team is losing just absolutely horribly? And uh, these are their reactions. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Papa underscore Mo16 says, let's just have some fun now. I thought that was funny. Heartland Sports says, snow cones for everyone. Yeah, maybe do some orange slices too. Jamel X says, so... Were we eating after this? Which I thought was the most funny one because that's probably the most realistic. 
where we eating after this. That's what everybody really wants to know. Nobody cares that you're losing that badly. So it's time, you know, it's time to go. A uh, friend of the pod and just a good friend in general. I'll see him on Friday at the at the wedding. Brady Trantham says, in quotes, I expect my annual raise. And one can only assume that's regarding Bob Stoops getting blown out in another bowl game, yet again another bowl game, and still expecting his annual raise. So uh, that's fun, but he's not that wrong, if we're being honest. Uh, we've got Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother says, Pack your shit, we going home. Yeah, that's interesting, right? And like, What do you say? All right, guys, we had a good season. That's about it, right? You can't really say much oh, I'm, other than I'm proud of you. I mean, I don't know. If you're a coach and you're listening to this podcast, tweet at me after you listen to the podcast and tell me what other things you might say because I don't know how inspirational you can be getting run rolled, losing 24 to 7. I guess, I guess you could be proud of yourself for making it that far. And unfortunately, running into the number one team in the country, who knows? But what I want to know is this. Why are Washington fans so mad? And secondly, moreover, why do they think they can talk down to Oklahoma? Oh my gosh. I I swear, there are some Washington folks that have been dropped on their heads as children, and now they've been allowed to have Twitter, which is a very bad idea. But I, I just don't get it. Because after that, you know, the, the whole deal with the batter's box, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell you what it's supposed to look like. But I just know there are a bunch of Washington fans that were upset because their coach was upset, saying that the batter's box is all kind of janky, despite not, totally ignoring that Oklahoma also had to use that same batter's box. Like, what, what bizarro world am I living in? Regardless. It, tur- it quickly turned into a, well, since they got their butts handed to them in softball, it quickly turned into a football argument. Of course, naturally, as it does. And, of course, they want to say, oh, well, Oklahoma, they don't play defense in the Big 12, which is so not true. Look at the last couple of years. It is trending in the Big 12. Yes, they have had high-caliber, high-quality, high-powered offenses since the Sooners have been there with Kevin Wilson with the hurry up in 2008, in 2007, and 2007 with Sam Bradford. It's true. And then just now, just now, within the last two to three years, you're seeing the Big 12 actually play defense with an influx of good defensive coordinators. Iowa State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State hasn't been that bad. Baylor. Uh, and I, I don't know, are those the only ones? Maybe, but four out of ten instead of zero out of ten is much better than the alternative. And so the, the, the idea that the Big 12 doesn't play defense is garbage. The Big 12 is catching up defense-wise, and not only catching up defense-wise, but they're catching up in order how to stop, but you don't really stop. You impede the spread offense, so slowing them down. The Big 12 is finally recruiting those body types, Getting in those types of defenses that allow you to slow down Big 12 uh, Big Twelve offenses, that's something that the SEC, that's something that the Pac-12, and that's something that the Big 10 are still trying to figure out because the Big 12 are the originators of the widespread proliferation of Big 12 and spread offenses, okay? So miss me with this bullshit that the Big 12 does not play defense. They do. 
especially now and the years going forward, because some people (laughs) take away Twitter from the state of Washington or maybe just Washington Husky fans. I mean, the only thing good about them right now is the fact that they have a cute mascot. Huskies are adorable. And of course, there are the, there's there's this one guy, right? There's one Washington fan really leading the charge. And of course, anytime he says something stupid, you guys remember on Twitter, there was a polling of like how interactive fan bases were for each university. And the Sooners were by far and ahead of everybody else. So you have somebody saying some dumb shit about the Oklahoma Sooners, and then then you're going to go and be surprised that you have a lot of Oklahoma Sooners fans in your mentions? Hello! Cause and effect. You ever heard of it? I thought they had a really good education in in Washington, University of Washington, etc. But, of course, anything, in any time, Sooners fans would reply to this guy's stupid tweets. He would say, Iowa State. Kansas State, as if Iowa State isn't a much better team than Washington. Last year, this year, Iowa State's bringing basically their entire squad back. Iowa State and OU are both going to be top 10 teams, and by the time they face each other, they should probably have college game day there, and they're probably going to meet each other once again in in the Big 12 title game. Just blows my mind, and the fact that Kansas State is really something that you're going to bring up Yes, is Kansas State, did they have a down year? Sure, but are they also going to be that same exact Kansas State team that defies all odds, ends up winning 8-9 to nine games, and is still tough as hell? Yes, they will be, especially when they don't have that many injuries, especially when there's not that much COVID going around, okay? And the fact that he can say Iowa State and Kansas State and totally dismiss the fact that they've lost to the University of Cal two out of the last three years and it's not because they won in that third year it's because Washington only played four games this last year is freaking just like galaxy brain out of this world stupidity holy crap they're gonna talk about Oklahoma losing to Iowa State which they beat them in the Big 12 title and then totally killed Florida in the Cotton Bowl and totally dismiss the fact that they'll lose to Colorado and they'll lose to California. And meanwhile, they'll say, oh, well, you won't come to Seattle because uh, you're afraid. And the last time Oklahoma did that, they beat the hell out of them in Jake Locker, who was like one of their best quarterbacks in a long, long time. And how dare this dude even talk about the Big 12 when the Pac-12 in general is on the verge of melting down? Monetarily, they are way too late to the game to streaming platforms. Everybody is talking about poaching USC, not UCLA because they're garbage. Because they're more of a basketball program. They're talking in softball, I suppose. But you know, Oklahoma's probably going to beat them too. I hope I didn't jinx them. But the Pac-12 in general is garbage. Oklahoma could poach both Arizona schools because you know, if it was up to me right now, Oklahoma's making a hell of a lot more money than the Pac-12 is. And with this new grant of rights, by the way, watch out for Oklahoma, what they do with their third-tier rights or the next season. That'll kind of tell you what they're going to do with three alignment, whether they're going to stay in the Big 12, whether they're going to go to the SEC, or the or the Big 10. Because they're definitely not going to the Pac-12 or the ACC. The ACC, just, they're all right. But the Pac-12, they're having a lot of mon- money issues. Not monkey issues, money issues. And so it's just incredible. It's so incredible. Nobody takes Pac-12 football seriously. Nobody. Maybe Oregon occasionally because they're a flash in the pan good occasionally. Washington. Washington? And they'll say, oh, well, you can't get, you can't make it to the next level of the cultural playoff. As if they haven't been there more than once. Washington went there once. They did. 
and they they this they they call Oklahoma's offense gimmicky, and that the defense was bad. And I'll tell you, over the last cultural playoffs that Oklahoma's been to, yeah, the defense was not good. It was bad. That's true. That's a fair thing to say. I don't think anybody's dismissing that. But the idea to call Oklahoma's offense gimmicky and say Oklahoma's defense was horrible when the year that Washington went to the cultural playoff, they played Alabama and lost 24-7. to They couldn't put up points against Alabama, and they gave up 24 to Alabama. So it's, you know, good. Good for them. And, of course, OU, they played Alabama, right, in 2018. They lost 45-35. And if Oklahoma had just been, had one stop left in them, they were one touchdown away from tying that game up. The only game in the college football playoff that anybody should rip Oklahoma for is the LSU game because, holy God, that was awful. And, by the way, the guy that got ejected from that game is now your new defensive back. Yeah, yeah, gosh. I'm just, I'm, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm done. Let's move on to something a little bit more interesting. Big 12 Media Days are going to be relatively normal this year. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I want you guys to tweet and Discord me what you'd like me to ask the guys that are out there. I mean, here's one of mine, right? Two years ago, I got to go, you know, interview Creed, uh, uh, K9, of course, CD Lamb, and of course, Lincoln Riley. And I, I asked Lincoln Riley, so that's what my intentions are. I'm going to follow up with the Lincoln Riley question, right? Because he had the beat Texas hat on. He said he went after a few more after this year. I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. So I want to know what you, the fans and people that like listen to this stuff, would like me to ask Lincoln Riley and the other captains. I assume the captains are going to be something along the lines of Jeremiah Hall, uh, probably Caleb Kelly, and maybe a maybe a Patrick Fields. And if you had to add a fourth one, because sometimes they have a fourth one, probably a Spencer Rattler. But I don't know if they would add Spencer Rattler just because he's so still so young. But I can't really think of anybody else that they would add on offense. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they would add a kicker or a punter. So I'm very curious to see if they would have a fourth one. But anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I'll try to podcast later on this week with the guys before the wedding. And then I'm going to take the week off and I'm going to California. Dude, I'm sitting my ass on a beach. I hope you guys have a great Memorial Day. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll check you guys later.